you can listen to The Front on your smart speaker every morning. To hear the latest episode, just say, play the news from The Australian. From The Australian, here's what's on The Front. I'm Kristen Amiot. It's Monday, December 18. The renewable energy jobs boom promised by Labor might never materialise, the Australian is exclusively revealing today. That's because as few as 3% of jobs at the nation's biggest renewable projects are expected to be permanent and ongoing. It's a figure that's at odds with a pledge by Energy Minister Chris Bowen to make Australia a renewable energy superpower. Voters have delivered an early Christmas present to the government. New data from NewsPoll shows Labor has had a modest rebound in support, putting it slightly ahead of the coalition on a two-party preferred basis. Labor's primary vote lifted by two points after the migrant detainee debacle was resolved through urgent legislation last week. You can't teach an old dog new tricks. That's the assessment of the Transport Workers' Union, which is locked in a legal stoush with Qantas over the illegal sacking of 1,700 ground staff during the pandemic. Union reps say the airline's new leadership has backed out of a court-ordered mediation designed to address compensation claims worth millions of dollars. That's in today's episode. When the COVID-19 pandemic struck more than three years ago, life quite literally changed overnight for Australians at home and around the world. Australia's borders are now closed to non-citizens and non-residents in a bid to stop the importation of more coronavirus cases. The curtain came down at 9pm on Friday night. The Department of Foreign Affairs is also advising all Australians overseas who want to come home, they should do so as soon as possible. Almost every single one of the hundreds of domestic and international flights operated by Qantas on a daily basis were grounded save for a few planes given special permission to repatriate Australians scattered and stranded around the globe. As Sydney stared down the barrel of lengthy lockdowns and demand for air travel dwindled to nil, Qantas announced it would temporarily lay off thousands of employees. After a bleak 18 months, 2,500 Qantas and Jetstar employees have been dealt a new blow. At the time, the national carrier's former boss, Alan Joyce, said those workers would continue to be paid for a couple of weeks and that it wasn't forever. It is a temporary measure in response to COVID lockdowns and domestic border restrictions. But the pandemic dragged on, and so the airline sacked 1,700 ground staff working at 11 airports around the country. Qantas then outsourced those jobs to third-party contractors, It said it would save the company about $100 million a year. The problem was, it was illegal. In 2021, the federal court ruled Qantas had violated the Fair Work Act when it gave those baggage handlers the boot. The airline appealed that decision in the High Court early last year, but that hasn't panned out either. Seven High Court judges were unanimous in their decision, finding that Qantas did act illegally in sacking 1,700 workers during the pandemic, outsourcing work to third-party providers like Swissport. It was Qantas's last chance to appeal the decision. They did lose that appeal. There was a big reaction from both...
The High Court's decision to uphold the Federal Court's finding is just the latest hurdle in a horror run for Qantas. In August, the airline posted record profits and was met by public backlash over jacked-up fares, mass delays and constant cancellations. Just a week later, Australia's consumer watchdog, the ACCC, announced it would take legal action against Qantas over so-called ghost flights. That's a cool way of saying the airline continued to sell tickets for flights it had already cancelled. The consumer watchdog claims Qantas sold tickets for more than 8,000 flights that were already cancelled between May 2021 and July 2022. Qantas says the ACCC's case ignores the condition a ticket is sold under and the nature of travel, weather and operational issues mean scheduled times can never be guaranteed. By September, Qantas had been accused of exercising undue political influence after the government refused a bid by Qatar Airways to schedule more flights into Australia. As the airline's troubles mounted, CEO Alan Joyce departed after 15 years at the helm. Qantas has revealed it paid Alan Joyce almost $21.5 million as he left the company, but the airline is likely to claw back millions from the former CEO. The Federal Court's finding and the High Court's decision to uphold it has opened Qantas up to compensation claims that could run into the hundreds of millions of dollars. The court ordered Qantas to enter into a mediation in order to reach an agreement with the Transport Workers' Union, which represents the sacked ground staff. The talks between Qantas and the Transport Workers' Union appear to have reached an impasse. Ewan Hannan is The Australian's workplace editor. The Transport Workers' Union has accused Qantas of walking away from the mediation, despite statements from the CEO that that's something they wanted to do. The union says they had one meeting with the new CEO, but since then there hasn't been significant progress. The union tried to speed up discussions after last week and didn't receive it. They believe the satisfactory response from Qantas. Qantas, in response to the TWU claims, says that it hasn't walked away from the process and suggests the comments from the union are a breach of the confidentiality process. A client the union rejects. The airline says it's still keen to pursue mediation if that works. Union reps say the fallout from the decision by Qantas to lay off almost 2,000 ground staff has been huge. The union says this has had a significant impact on the workers involved that it's led to marital breakdowns, serious mental and physical health conditions and workers having to sell their homes or move in with family and friends. Roughly half of the outsourced workers surveyed by the union have been required to draw down on their super to survive. So part of the reason for painting that financial situation is when the union and its lawyers pursue financial compensation. So at this stage, the union's talking about at least $110 million in compensation for those workers collectively, plus they're also pursuing a penalty under the Fair Work Act of up to $100 million. They say that the workers arguably could have been there in those jobs until they retired. Collectively, they say that they would have had a very broad financial impact and we're talking about over $200 million. So you can understand at one level that why Qantas is saying that their words are that they still want to pursue mediation. But the union says their words don't match their actions. 
coming up after the break, how Qantas's new boss is handling her first big hurdle. I'm Sarah Lamarquin, Editor-in-Chief of Stella and host of our podcast called Something to Talk About. Every weekend we publish a new episode where you'll hear compelling personalities, strong opinions and thought-provoking conversations. I wanted to be able to do it in my time when I was ready and speak my truth when I was ready. The topic of when do I become a mum, that is in my mind 24-7. Search for Something to Talk About wherever you listen to your podcasts. When former Qantas boss Alan Joyce stepped down in September, its chief financial officer, Vanessa Hudson, was installed as its new CEO and managing director. Hudson issued a pre-recorded statement yesterday afternoon vowing to rebuild trust with her customers as her first priority. We know that post-COVID, we haven't always delivered to what our customers expect, but we are listening. Right now, achieving this balance must first start with our customers, and that's what we will be focused on with our new management team. Hudson saw the airline through the pandemic and its subsequent financial recovery, but the ongoing legal stoush over compensation for 1,700 sacked ground staff represents her first real test as CEO. Here's Ewan Hannon again. Well, I think Qantas is saying that she is facing up to the court's decision. At one level, they're betraying it as, well, these things happened under her predecessor, even though she was there. They've exhausted all their legal avenues. So when the High Court actually handed down its decision in September, she did say, I want to reach out to the union to discuss reaching agreement as a settlement for the people involved as reasonably and quickly as possible. The airline also offered, through her, an apology to the workers affected, saying we deeply regret the personal impact that outsourcing decision had on all those affected. So on the one hand, she is sort of seeking to say, okay, we'll draw a line of the sand in this and seek to fix it. But again, the union says, well, her words don't match what the actual airline's doing. It's really the same old what they call spiteful tactics that people saw under... Alan Joyce, and also under Richard Gorda. Representatives for the Transport Workers Union say the behaviour of the airline's leadership is par for the course. Union Secretary Michael Caine told Ewan the mediation has been in limbo for months, with their correspondence often going unanswered or responses received late. There was what he calls a vanilla email from a lawyer saying the mediation is still open, but there is no willingness to talk about the date. So as far as the union's concerned, the conduct by Qantas represents a walking away from the process. But Qantas told Ewan they're coming to the party on a resolution. So Qantas accuses the TWU of mischaracterising the discussions that have been had not to mention breaching the confidentiality provisions. They say, we have not walked away from mediation, hope to reach an agreement in good faith. We accept accountability for the outsourcing decision and we stand by what we said about wanting to resolve this issue quickly and fairly. If an agreement on compensation can't be reached and fast, the TWU's claim will return to court in March. In some ways, it's not really in the union's interest for it to go back to court. 
This process has gone on over three years now, and really it's not a great public relations look for Qantas either. If it goes back for compensation, there'll be more adverse headlines for Qantas, more adverse publicity. But this process could take up to two years to work through compensation. You're going to have more and more hearings and it can be dragged out. So then we're talking about this whole process taking five years. So I think, in a way, it'd be better for both sides to get some sort of you know, amiable settlement done. But I don't think Qantas wants to sort of go as far as the union is talking about, you know, over $200 million. So that is a way to get the thing sort of into negotiations, perhaps, and try to get something done. So I sort of time will tell. Ewan Hannan is The Australian's workplace editor. The so-called arch-enemy of the late Australian Cardinal George Pell has vowed to fight his conviction for financial crimes at the Vatican. Disgraced Cardinal Angelo Betiu was sentenced to five and a half years in prison on the weekend, making him the most senior Vatican official to face charges. You can read the full story, as well as analysis from our experts, right now at theaustralian.com.au. My name is Manny Karoudis, and I'm a former New South Wales policeman turned investigative reporter with a passion for missing persons cases. I'm here to quickly tell you about our True Crime Australia podcast, The Missing. In this series, I look at old missing persons cases which have all gone cold in an attempt to try and uncover new information which could help see these missing people reunited with their loved ones or any form of clue that could bring these families closure. The Missing is available now wherever you get your podcasts and early and ad-free on Crimex Plus on Apple Podcasts.